The journey continues with the episodic novel Mercury's Wake by Stephanie Vlahos, Day One Before Chaos, now available to read on Kindle and as a full cast audiobook. Last episode, we left Imani with a strange guy in an interdimensional pop-up kino room in Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas. That's mine, by the way. Uh, and my advice is read on. You might get hooked. That's what happened to me. Apparently, that's what happens to everyone who reads John K. Je suis le petit Mercury's Wake, Season 1, Before Chaos, Episode 2. Now, Boo, we only know so much. The Book of Bazi. She was standing in the doorway. You realize you were reading aloud? But then, what, what am I doing? I'm sitting here reading wherever here is. And then, she sat down and started to read. Right in front of me. It was a little awkward, but I was, well, mesmerized. For a start, I'd call it Kino. K-E-N-O. And I may be talking to myself, but, uh... Don't you have a hotel room or poolside where you can read? What better place to read than in this oddly silent pop-up that feels like a prayer room? Well, apparently millennials are now into dressing up like their grannies and playing Kino. Well, I'm forever perplexed by what's trendy, but then I'm wearing resort wear on steroids. It's a look. Say what? I look ridiculous? It, no, 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 no. I, I'd say it's, uh... It's perfect for gambling. What is? Your Hawaiian get-up. First, get-up is mildly patronizing. Second, I don't gamble. Well, why not? I'd lose. You English. Not the last time I checked. I'm English. Oh, golly, gosh, for really? That is, my ancestors were English. Uh, Irish or uh, Scottish or something. No shit, Sherlock. Oh, and Mexican. My grandma on my dad's side was from Mexico. Uh, her dad was a vaquero. Really? Obviously, I'm Southern. My mom was from Louisville, Kentucky. And my dad's from West Virginia. I'm refinement and twine mixed together. Hmm. She dropped into a stare, and if I'm to be completely honest with y'all, it was uncomfortable. Like she was looking through me. Tell me. What book could possibly compete with Glitter Gulch? Isn't that something some sorghum-toothed, panning-for-gold, head-scratching, 1800s Deadwood type would say? You gotta leave me with that. That's just a lot. And she kept staring. Till she realized that she'd forgotten something. The conversation. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I'm fully recovered from the Glitter Gulch reference. Or wasn't she just losing her charm to her nervous system? Uh, sorry, I can be obtuse and sarcastic. Obtuse and sarcastic? You'd think that combination would put me on the spectrum. Eh, we're all a little bit on the spectrum. Word. What's your name? My name's... Stop. Let's stay strangers. Do we really need to know all the stuff that eventually leads to repressed rage and abusive recreational drugs? <laughs> little did she know. My name was... 
More a mystery to me than her. Mama, how come our last name isn't Wesker Hazy? Now, Boo, we only know so much. Maddie and Quentin, my parents, they knew about our ancestor Olin O'Reilly, a famous jockey. They also knew about a Laird West Hazy, pal, my great aunt Betty. She was ancient, but she was a cracker. I tell you what. There was a, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a dimness to Aunt Betty's research. I'm not sure we properly received what she was telling us. You see, Aunt Betty was ancient. Her glasses were more like uh, two periscopes, and her arthritic fingers, well, they couldn't type, so she recorded her research on tape. Y'all remember tapes? I don't. Aunt Betty, not to be outdone by any other Southern great aunt, had a drawl so lilting as to be incomprehensible, a cigarette habit that made her a baritone and an immense appetite for mint juleps. She slurred and she wheezed on a wobbly tape, so ancestors in their names, well, they remain a bit of a mystery. Maybe it's better that way. I mean, what matters more? Where we came from or who we are? We're nearly royal. Layers aside, <laughs> my dad slung hay at Churchill Downs, home of the Kentucky Derby. That was a problem, because, like me, my daddy liked to gamble. Now there are two types of gamblers. Those who lose, and those who win. For losers, gambling is a habit. For winners, <laughs> shoot, gambling's a career. goes, my daddy was itching to play the track, but he'd just been promoted to stable foreman, so he made a plan to have me bet for him. He gave me a hundred dollar bill. What are you, boy? Eleven, twelve? Oh, that betting booth teller was a miserable old coot. You got proof of your age? Mister, I'd be happy to take you for a spin in my 1976 Chevy Nova Super Sport right outside there. It's a metallic green with a black vinyl top. Pure vintage. I handed him a driver's license. Okay, so you're 18. Welcome to Benton. Hell's bells. Don't they just get smaller every day? Don't, uh... <laughs> Don't listen to him. I ride tall in the saddle. Even if I'm a bit vertically challenged. And besides, I prefer being short. Better brain-to-body ratio. I reckon you'll have to scoop the score for the afternoon races too late for the morning. I'm sure that won't be a problem for you now, will it, boy? Shoot. I put my dad's Benjamin away and I rummaged around in my pockets for some loose change. I was going to have to work extra hard packing grocery bags at the Piggly Wiggly. I grabbed his score sheets. Honey, make my heart go pit-a-pat, cause you the golden boy. Five dollars on heart's thrall and, uh, Midas touch in the knife. 
You mean to tell me all five inches of you are going for an exacto? Hell, that's brave. I gave the teller my five dollar bill. For God's sake, man, don't bet it all in one place. Sir, I may be only as old as the dirt under your fingernail, but I'm old enough to know that confidence is sinful. Faith is a virtue. That's a lot of faith, son. When I got back, I told my dad about my encounter at the betting booth. Oh, shit. I was so sure about them horses. You mind if I go back and see how I came out? Oh, <laughs> and, uh, Pop, here's your money back. Dang, almost forgot. Don't you just love twang, slang, and drawing? Twang is like a song. Slang is playful, and drawing's equal to the temperature. Son, where's your ticket? Just like to see if you have a chance in hell of winning. Can I show you later? I have a hell of a time getting stuff out of that fifth pocket. Not more than my pinky inventing that thing. Just remember, son, be prideful when you lose. <clears throat> when I lose, Hart's Thrall came in first. Yup, went for an exacto like it was mother's milk. But that ain't the all of it. Damned Hart's Thrall was one in thirty. No shit! Son, that's a gift or dumb luck. I wouldn't chance it again. I'll put tan on wet blanket. Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. A hundred on wet blanket. Uh-huh. That's what follows. Let's put it on wet blanket. Wet blanket, please. Oh, damn. Wet blanket it is, then. He better be right. Meanwhile, I was hungry, and a hot dog sounded good. Just as I was about to finish slathering my dog with mustard, chili, relish, and onions. When you're gonna learn it ain't your stomach speaking, baby boy. I stopped short. With only a minute left, I ran to the betting booth. Oh, sir, I, I made a mistake. Afraid we can't change things, son. Well, here's ten bucks on hot diggity dog. Sorry, folks. Betting booths closed. Wouldn't you know, Hot Diggity Dog came in first. Woo! I keep thinking about my dad's face. He wasn't sure if he wanted to belt me or give me the hug of a lifetime. Track security paid a visit soon after. My poor dad's face went from red to ashen, but the O'Reilly's, we have the gift of charm. Comes in handy. So they let us off. So long as I stopped betting. Oh, but that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> At least not everywhere else where betting is a free game. I bet on all of it. How late the civics teacher might arrive. How often the class geek gets spit in the conversation. How many steps to cross the street. How long we could keep driving before we hit a red light. Every time a little voice inspired me. By little voice, I suspect you mean me. Well, of course, Maisie. You're my muse, ain't you? When it came time to attend college, I got a music scholarship at Arizona State. My parents were thrilled. Yeah, but all those music classes, they put a squeeze on gambling. And after all, music and gambling, well, it's just a bunch of numbers. <laughs> What's it gonna be, boy? Famous. Caesar's Palace. The Venetian, New York, New York, the Eiffel Tower. Gondolas and cheap meals. 
and discreet high rollers, tans, massages, fruit juices, ever-flowing bars, the excitement of crass opulence, and the giddy delight in garish decor with beds like seas. Heaven. Darling, I'm psychic, and I've got to tell you, you have pain in your eyes. She was drunk, not psychic. <laughs> well, ma'am, most people think I brighten their day. <laughs> sure. However, they're unaware of this variety of pain. I can see it, but then I'm unique. My first full-time job in Vegas was bartending at the casino formerly called Aladdin. I'm talking about pain from another life, or this life, or the next. I don't know. We accumulate so much pain. You know what John K. Mercury says? Pain is a delayed response to our own acts of aggression. That's dense. It's fucking genius. Haven't you heard of John K. Mercury? Nope. Uh, who is he? The character in the book, John K. I don't got time to read. Don't read. Absorb. Anyway, John K. Mercury finds his way to everyone. It's just a matter of time. Are you part of that psychic convention here? You got it. Psychic and holistic health. Another martini, please. Vodka, Jim. Vodka. It's pure. <laughs> the Wild West still lives in Vegas. That's right. Every bar is a saloon. When fall hit, it was time to switch it up. I got a job in room service and bartending at the Magnificent Caesars Palace. On the days before I went to work, I wandered the casino. Just to get a feel for the games. I was fixing to build a career in gambling and where best to make a fortune? Palace Court. Folks there gamble as much as 50 grand on one bet. Little did I know, this day wasn't going to be like all the rest of them. Dealer waits. Gentlemen to my right, ties. Gentlemen to my left, loose. Now this game here is blackjack. We're 21. I love it. It might sound like it, but blackjack's not a group game. It's a face-off between dealer and player. Bunch of drunken fools on stag night. Too plastered to plate. Eh. Except for the groom and the best man and, uh, <laughs> only just. There was another fella at the table. Sitting over to my right. He had a, an air about him with a large snifter of brandy. But, uh, doesn't everyone look cool with a large snifter of brandy? <laughs> he puffed on a giton cigarette in between coughing. I'll call him the Lone Stranger. If you don't know Blackjack, let me take you through the game. The dealer dealt each of the three players two cards. Face up. Place your bet. A thou on your first bet. Someone's got daddy's money. Well, one of us has. Oh, I don't know about you, Chana. But I believe that Schodenfraud is a form of deeply closeted admiration. 
Chano was the name of the dealer. He was famous at Caesars. Chano dealt himself the house, one card, face up and one card, face down. He was showing an ace, suggesting that he might have blackjack. Insurance, anyone? Insurance is a side wager. Never take it. Checking for blackjack. In blackjack, the players are betting the dealer doesn't have 21. We're trying to get 21 total in our cards, or as close to without going over 21. If we go over, we bust. If we tie, that's a push. We don't lose, but we don't win. If we get 21, score. If we get a total under 21, but higher than the dealer, we also win. Chano didn't flip his second card over. That meant he didn't have 21. The groom moved right in, and he put two separate black chips by each of his two cards and tapped the table. You tap the table when you want another card. What's up with the tapping, dude? That's the sign for a split, fool. I have two fives, so I can split them. And now I get to bet on two hands instead of one. Six and five, eleven. I'm doubling down. Some casinos only let you double down on a total of ten or eleven. I'm doubling down. Dude, have you ever played this game? Uh, basically, double down is doubling your bet after you've been dealt a second card. 11 and 8, 19. <laughs> Why are we cheering? Actually, an 11 can be fortuitous since the odds of receiving a card with the value of 10 are relatively high. There may only be four 10s in a deck, but face cards count for 10. Sir, please stop tapping the table on your first hand. You only get one card after you double down. Chano was having one of those days. <coughs> the groom doubled down on a total of eight on a second hand. I'd say the Jägermeister was betting. <laughs> Five and eight. Unlucky 13. Dude, you're making me nervous. I thought you knew how to play this game. Darling, are you playing or displaying? It appears this game moves at a pace far beyond your ken. It was the best man's go, and he was looking at me. I need a little advice here. Well, you have 19. Think about it. The game's called 21. <laughs> it's called Blackjack, stupid. I'm doubling down. I marvel at your bravado, attempting to double down on a 19 with all your chips in. Someone must have chewed a few Viagra. <laughs> Vedete Pagliacci. Yeah, that's boring, isn't it? How mindlessly observant. You know, I always say that a bunch of men is just a bunch of arseholes. Sorry for them, Mr. Westerly. All good. Just waiting for Spartacus to grease up. Let's keep our gameplay to ourselves, gentlemen. Hit me! <laughs> Ooh, channel, baby, I can feel a two coming on! 5 and 19, 24. Bust. <gasps> The dealer turned to the lone stranger, who signaled a split on his two face cards, betting two grand on each one. I did not expect that. An ace can equal a one or an eleven. Ace and jack, twenty-one. Blackjack. <laughs> the lone stranger was a little more interesting than I thought. The second hand of his split was a king. Chano dealt him a ten on his second hand. Basically, the lone stranger had a total of twenty, or the stupid option to split. Again. Remember, kiddies, don't try this at home. Damned if the lone stranger didn't split. Again. With the dealer showing an ace. It's crazy, Chano, but the Australopithecines appeal to my inner brute. 
Chano dealt with a lone stranger on the first hand of his second split, the king. 18 to 10. 18. Now, most people would tell you to stand on an 18. But not this guy. He tapped the table for another hit and he sipped his brandy. 3 and 18. 21. Yeah! <laughs> what are the odds? A 3 with a total hand of 18? So far, the lone stranger had made two splits on high cards and one. Okay? Two blackjacks, and he was betting high on his last hand. Three hands in one game. Five and ten. Fifteen. A lone stranger tapped the table for a hit. Two and fifteen. Seventeen. <laughs> okay. Even Maverick would stand on a hard seventeen. Nope. Wouldn't you know? <laughs> the lone stranger tapped the table. You fool. Uh-huh. The whole casino went quiet on that one. Apart from the obvious, the difference between you and me, chap, is that you speak only to what you think you know. I speak to what I know I think. This lone stranger made statements like he was in a Kung Fu movie. Four and seventeen, twenty-one. Score! That, my friends, is one scary alien. Huzzah! <laughs> it was Chano's turn. The dealer was showing an ace. Now, Blackjack, the dealer can continue to draw cards with a soft 17. Like I said, an ace can equal 1 or 11, depending on where you are in the hand. 4, 5, 7, 12, 4, 16, King. Dealer box. <laughs> gotcha. Sir, I play for the house, and the house is your host. You see, Bozo, I take risks all the time, but I never bet my limit. Your problem is not that you have a limit, but that you are limited. You counted! With eight decks, unlikely. My suggestion is you take us up off the casino floor ASAP, especially if you're staying at Caesar's. Security could have you kicked off the premises for good. Yeah, aren't there cages for people like you? I know my rights. I earned my U.S. citizenship, and I promise you, I know more about the Bill of Rights than you do. Chano pointed to some pretty scary-looking security officers. Come on, man. Let's get some food. Lo siento. Chano, eso fue totalmente inaceptable. No sé, primero. Soy un guatemalteco indígena, lo que significa... Que crecí en la pobreza. Trabajé duro para llegar aquí. Trabajé duro para alternar una educación. Trabajé duro para convertirme en un ciudadano y, sin embargo, los blancos ignorantes como él todavía se me acercan en Hondibo en busca de mano de obra barata. No representa a Estados Unidos. Es una carga para él. I'm an indigenous Guatemalan, which pretty much means I grew up a boy. I worked hard to get here. I worked hard to get an education. I worked hard to become a citizen. And yet ignorant white people like him still approach me at home to for cheap labor. He doesn't represent America. He's a drain on it. Sir, can I get you a drink? <sighs> no. I'm not playing. I moved on. <laughs> Roulette. Did you know that Roulette is a failed science project by the mathematician Blaise Pascal? <laughs> Not only that, some consider Pascal to be the granddaddy of Vegas, because he invented the theory of probability. I bet you didn't think this accent would know that. 
<laughs> My point is, if you're looking, there are mathematical formulas for every casino game, even the ones that rely on sheer luck. Before you play, though, know when to walk. Now, roulette, it's just a ball and a wheel with a whole lot of numbers. Pretty random. Now, I play for fun and I rely on feel. Every dealer has a unique pattern of results. It's all in the way you throw. Place your bets. What's better than learning to drive, darling? I put my chips on 16. Red. FYI, the color with the most consecutive hits in roulette is red. 1943, red hit 32 times in a row. And, uh, get this. The people watching that game were convinced black would hit after. They were right. But, uh... I'm also sure they were wrong 32 times before. <laughs> 16. Risky, mate, considering the staggering odds. Wouldn't you know? The lone stranger from the blackjack table. But a bet like that pays out 35 to 1 at this table. Call it what you like. I'd call it beginner's luck. It's a game of accounting for random improbabilities using a prudent understanding of physics. Maybe. There are loads of theories. If you know so much, why don't you play? I find it limiting. Place your bets, sir. I see I've somehow interrupted your rhythm. Or whatever your theoretical approach is. Forgive me. Sir, fate bonjour. Darling, never let anyone leave you at sixes, and certainly not at sevens. Daisy was right. How about I put all my chips on seven, and I bequeath them to this little lady here. Yee! Nah, she wasn't little. She was a handful of polyester straight from the Bible Belt, uh, minus the Bible. And newly equipped with chips, courtesy of the number 16. <laughs> I'm sass and I'm sugar and I'm blessed by the good Lord. I left in the sunset of pride. Go, 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 go. Number seven. Sweet baby Jesus, blessed number seven. Walking back into where this story began. A mysterious pop-up keynote and a woman who was threatening to become my future, or so I hoped. Stay tuned to episode three. This ain't heaven, but it ain't Fresno. The journey continues with the episodic novel Mercury's Wake by Stephanie Vlahos. Day one before chaos. Now available to read on Kindle and as a full cast audiobook.